We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Microsoft Teams is helping a bicycle company reinvent the way that they work. We make low-maintenance bicycles for everyday riders. Once the pandemic hit, we had nobody coming into the showroom. So we started doing virtual visits via Microsoft Teams. We're able to see two or threefold the amount of customers we used to be able to see. All of a sudden, we could open up our showroom to customers around the world. I really think it's going to set a standard for retail moving forward. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash Teams. Welcome to a special edition of the Rotowire DFS podcast. My name is Andrew Laird, senior soccer editor of rotowire.com. This podcast usually focuses on daily fantasy baseball, football, basketball, or hockey, but we're taking some time here for those who are interested in daily fantasy soccer, which you may have seen in the DraftKings, FanDuel, or Yahoo lobbies. The following podcast is a basic explainer of how the games work, what kind of teams and players to target, and how to effectively manage your way through daily fantasy soccer. Additionally, we have a standalone Rotowire Fantasy Soccer podcast, a two-time finalist for the Fantasy Sports Writers Association Podcast of the Year, which you can find right on our website, rotowire.com soccer, or just search iTunes for Fantasy Soccer Podcast and we'll come right up. If you have no interest in DFS soccer, I take no offense if you skip this podcast, but if you have even a little bit of an interest or curiosity, I think it will be of great help. Thank you for listening and good luck. To me, this is the primer for people that may play daily fantasy, Mm -hmm. don't necessarily know a lot about soccer. Yeah. And coming in, you go, okay, who's going to score the goal and stack in the offensive? Like, I know they're going to come in and then we want them to stick around. Mm -hmm. This is the Fantasy Soccer Podcast from rotowire.com, your premier source for fantasy sports. For player news, rankings, projections, and the best fantasy soccer stats around, please visit rotowire.com slash soccer. And now, here are Andrew Laird and Jordan Cooper. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. My name is Andrew Laird, Senior Soccer Editor of rotowire.com. This is a bit of a different podcast than we usually do. Uh, I am joined right now by Jordan Cooper, who is going to be uh, heard quite regularly on this podcast from here on out. But today uh, we are going to be discussing getting into DFS soccer. So those of you who are regular listeners of this podcast probably know everything we're going to say, but I think we're entertaining enough that you could keep listening. But really this is meant for people who play DFS in other sports and are kind of interested in playing soccer or want or play soccer 
every so often, but want to get a little bit better. But Jordan had this great idea, and we're going to jump right into it. So first off, Jordan, welcome for the first time for quite a while. Right, and you can't assume that people listening that have been listening for a while know these things. I think it's the type of, you want to listen to this podcast, and if you don't know any of the stuff that we're talking about, then that's the reason why you've been losing. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. That's probably And also weird. another thing is that I, for, I, I don't know, for the, for the two people out there that are actually fans of Mike Gottlieb, He's not gone. Correct. Correct. We, uh, we're actually just expanding our offering this year, so don't worry. There will be plenty of Mike as well, but we got, we've gotten some very good feedback over the last uh, two years that we've been doing this podcast, and one of the consistent ones is just that we would do more of them, so here's more. But uh, for, like I said, for those who are uh, kind of getting into DFS soccer, um, there were a number of... Uh, things that Jordan want to talk about. He be, he uh, came much more prepared than I was. He has a list of topics that he wants to discuss, which is very unlike what Mike and I do. So already it feels like we're we're increasing the value of this podcast. But it's very unlike what I normally do. I mean, for the normal <laughs> podcast, I won't have any notes. Mm-hmm. Maybe we'll. I'm not sure if this is going to end up being better, but we're going to try. We're going to try. Um, but we're going to jump in. There are obviously a number of different uh, places that you can play DFS soccer. Uh, DraftKings is the biggest, but there's FanDuel, which um, has had some decent-sized contests over the last year with both Premier League and Champions League. Uh, Yahoo is getting bigger. There are a number of others. Um, we were discussing a few starting 11, Dribble. There's Play the Six. I mean, there's there's a ton of places you can play DFS soccer. Uh, most of our conversation um, will uh, help pretty much with all of them because while they don't all have the same scoring systems, there's plenty of overlap, um, though... I'm guessing most of the conversation will end up squeezing a little bit towards DraftKings just because it's the biggest one. Um, but you wanted to start off with the scoring systems, which obviously makes sense because uh, you need to know what you're looking for when you're playing in these games. So why don't you jump into what you think is the most important things DraftKings-wise about scoring? Okay, well, I mean, first off, uh, the difference between uh, Dra- uh, DraftKings and FanDuel is uh, – in, on DraftKings, which is very similar to other sports, uh, that there is a utility position and there is multiple position eligibility. Mm-hmm. So while on FanDuel, uh, a midfielder is a midfielder. It can only be a midfielder. A forward is a forward, uh, and there's no utility position. So it's like kind of like basketball, where on DraftKings, like in NBA, like you can pretty much make any lineup you want because everyone seems to have multiple position eligibility. Uh, but on DraftKings, you get the one goalkeeper, the two defenders, two midfielders, two forwards, and utility, which you can't use a second goalkeeper, but defender, midfielder, or forward. And on FanDuel, it's one goalkeeper, two defenders, three midfielders, and two forwards. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, obviously obviously on Yahoo, on any of the other places, I mean, always look to see uh, with multiple positional eligibility, that gives you more room to put together a more optimal lineup than being forced into certain positions you'll see uh later on in this episode why uh that's that's ultimately important especially at the forward position oh boy <laughs> for sure um i'd hmm. love to, i'd love for a goalkeeper slash midfielder type of position where you like instead of a goalkeeper we could just play a midfielder oh i thought you're gonna say the opposite like we're going into it'd be like two catcher uh fantasy baseball we're going into two goalkeeper DFS. really you want more goalkeepers <laughs> wouldn't DFS? that almost equal it out 
I would, we don't need to go down this path today. Right. Twice the tilt. <laughs> we'll, we'll get to goalkeepers once we once we get to the, the scoring and the positions and everything. Uh, but uh, the scoring system primarily on DraftKings. I uh, if you're playing on other sites, uh, I really consider and looking around on different scoring systems. You have DraftKings scoring, and then you have everything else. Yeah. So what applies to DraftKings really only applies to DraftKings. And then when we talk about FanDuel, typically the FanDuel scoring also applies to Yahoo and a lot of other uh, scoring systems. Because DK is very, very, although you'll see there's a lot of scoring categories, it's very condensed to a certain type of player, while FanDuel and the other sites open up the player pool more where you could roster a whole different type of player. Right. So, 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 yeah, uh, we'll we'll go into these as in more detail but for everybody who's who doesn't follow soccer much and like well isn't it just goals and assists there are so many different categories that um stat providers have that um allow these games to use different stats and make scoring a little more exciting than just waiting for the one goal that happens or there are plenty of fantasy points in games that can be zero zero so um don't think that it's just goals and assists right so on DraftKings, uh, you get 10 points for a goal, six points for an assist. An assist is the pass to a goal. Uh, in MLS, if you're playing in, in that league, they do do also award secondary assists. The hockey assists. Hockey assists, yep. Right. Uh, so an assist, also realize, just so when you're watching the game, uh, it has to be a clear pass, which means that if a defender uh, intercepts it and deflects it, then there's going to be no assist awarded on the play. And mm-hmm. obviously, up the stat provider, uh, if you play DFS soccer, there's always rumblings on what they credit one thing over the other. Most of the time, they're correct, but sometimes they're not. But <laughs> it's, it's going to be like that for everyone. On a certain week, you'll be like, why was there no assist? Obviously, like the, the defender didn't touch it or some, something happened. Uh, and then the following week, there is a deflection and somehow that's an assist and that's happens to be awarded that way. Right. Uh, so don't, so don't go on complete tilt. It should, you're at the whim of the, the stat provider for that, but it's it 99.5% of the time assists are proper. Goals are definitely proper mm-hmm. unless we get to own goals. And that's a whole different story. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Sophie on Faguli. Yeah. Right. You can always, <laughs> always bring that back. If right. it, if you, <laughs> All you have to do is buy that guy's jersey and just like whenever whenever your your goal gets turned around and then credited after the slate is over, uh, that's 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 the the that's the the, the, the big bang kind of incident uh, from two years ago. Okay, so uh, back to scoring. Uh, in addition to those, those are the easy ones to see. You have a shot, pretty self-explanatory. Any time mm-hmm. a player hits the ball towards the goal to try to score. Uh, a shot on goal is different. A shot on goal is a shot that's hit towards the goal that the goalkeeper saves. So on every shot on goal, there has to be a goalkeeper save. So if the guy shoots and hits the post, that's a shot. If a guy shoots and the goalkeeper tips it, that's a shot on goal. Mm-hmm. So it's not just on the frame of the goal. There just there needs to be a save on the other side. Go- goals are also shots on goal. Right. So right. it's either a goal or a save is a shot on goal, not just a save. Right. So if you do score, that's 12 points total. You mm-hmm. get credit for the goal, the shot, and the shot on goal for DraftKings scoring. Mm-hmm. Okay, now we get into the, the real peripherals. Uh, we have one point for a foul drawn. If the player gets fouled, 
you get a point. Typically that happens if the guy's dribbling the ball, try to pass a player, uh, defender comes in, makes contact, whistle blows, foul, foul is drawn. Uh, then you have foul committed. If your player commits a, that foul or that type of foul, that's a minus half a point. Then you have tackles one. And the key word here is one. <laughs> okay, because Opta, it, it, it depends on how it's credited. So you get one point for a tackle one. <clears throat> and a tackle one is defined by if your player slides in to get possession of the ball and either gets possession of the ball, hits it to another another one of his teammates that gets a possession of the ball, or the ball goes out uh, sideways, like if it goes out of the, you know, out of bounds, even, and the their team uh, doesn't have to retain possession for that. That's the one that sometimes gets credited and sometimes doesn't. It's, it's, it's a, that's an iffy mm-hmm. one there. It's an Opta, whatever, sometimes. Uh, but that's the technical definition according to Opta. So uh, just because a guy goes in, if he gets the ball and then the, the opposing team gets possession of it, that's not a, that's a tackle, but it's not a tackle one. Right. So don't get credits for just flying all over the, the field tackling people. Mm-hmm. Then you have a half a point for an interception, and that's if, Basically, your player gets in the middle of a pass between two opposing players. Mm-hmm. Then you have the most important one, and you'll see why, uh, three-quarters of a point for a cross. Okay, and here's another opta. This is all credited. A cross is supposed to be a pass in the air that comes from a wide position into the 18-yard box. So if the guy's on the side, you'll see this in soccer all the time. The guy's on the side, and then a whole bunch of his teammates are up, and his forward is up there, and the guy hits the ball into that area to hopefully, you know, his teammate gets a head on the ball or a foot or something like that. That 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 pass that's in the air into the box from a wide position that's across and accounts for three quarters of a point. And then the final offensive stat is uh, for defenders, uh, you get three points for a clean sheet, which means their 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 team doesn't give up a goal. But the defender has to play at least 60 minutes mm-hmm. for that to be credited. Uh, there's also negative points for yellow cards, one and a half points for negative one and a half for a yellow card, and uh, for red cards. Uh, there's not, other than fouls, there's no negative points for positional players. Mm-hmm. Then for the goalkeeper, you get five points for a win. If their team wins and they the goalkeepers played at least 60 minutes, uh, they get five points. They get five points for a clean sheet, which is a shutout for if you watch baseball or any other American sport. So if they don't give up any goals, they get another five points. Then they get two points for every save. And like we said before, a save has to come from a, sh- a shot. And that will be the... Offensive player will get the shot on goal. Goalkeeper will get the save. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then goalkeepers get negative two for a goal against. So basically, uh, it's it's kind of very similar to uh, MLB DFS, where a strikeout negates an earned run. So for goalkeepers, they give up a goal. A save negates the goal against. But mm-hmm. obviously, if they give up a goal, they're not eligible for the five-point clean sheet. 
their defenders aren't eligible for the three points clean sheet bonus, uh, but they can still get the win. So mm-hmm. if, if they, the a goalkeeper could give up five goals, if the team wins six to five, they get that five points for the win. So that's well that's DraftKings. <laughs> yes, that's uh, DraftKings scoring. Uh, now FanDuel scoring and very, you know, all, all the other sites. Uh, I'm going to quickly go through them because there's a lot more score, a lot more minuscule scoring for for those scoring systems. Uh, You get 15 points for a goal, seven for an assist, five for a shot on goal, but you get no points for shots. So if your your guy shoots the ball and there's no save, they don't get any points for that. Uh, Three points for a chance created. And we could probably explain what a chance created is, but we don't have 45 minutes. No, no, it's very simple. Very simple. (laughs) It's a pass that leads to a shot. So if you, if your player passes it and the next player shoots it, that's a chance created. The shot does not have to be on goal. So it's literally just, if you have a guy who is passing to a bunch of guys who are shooting and none of them are getting close, it doesn't even matter. You get a chance created every time. Theoretically, a shot is considered a chance and so your that pass is creating that chance. Yeah, but sometimes I've seen it depends on whether how far away from goal it is. Sure. Because you see 30 oh, yard shots. I'm sorry. Yeah. Right. That's what I'm saying. That's why I said it could take 45 oh, minutes to explain. I, I or believe... like a or a header that goes over, you know, the end line and not even close to frame. That's never considered a chance created either. But oh. that's technically a shot. Like on DraftKings the guy that headed the ball weird. is going to be, well, yeah, well, that's why, huh. that, why do you think yeah. I said? It's kind of a weird, it has to be a, like, normal pass into the 18-yard box area. It doesn't right. even have to be in the box. But, it, I mean, like a corner, a corner that gets headed by the center, uh, center back and it flies, flails away. The center back gets credited with a shot, right? That's but not the a chance corner created. is, is oh. not a chance created. Huh. I didn't realize that. Right. No wonder I'm losing. Um, <laughs> it, I think it also has to be, although that example you just gave negates that, but I believe it has to be a fairly quick shot from receiving the pass. Like you can't pass to somebody and have them dribble 10 right. yards and then take a shot. That's not right. not See, creating well, anything. Look at all these qualifiers. You said it was so simple. And I'm yeah. like, no, yeah. it isn't. Yeah. Very simple. <laughs> right. Okay. More on FanDuel. You get two points for a tackle. It should be tackle one. Fandle calls it a tackle, but it is tackle one. Uh, two points for a block, which is if you if a defender blocks a shot, not a pass, because if you if you intercept the pass, that's one and a half points. Then you get one point for a clearance, which a clearance comes from a pass. So like uh, a defender will be credited for a block if they deflect the ball on a shot. But a clearance is when, like, a cross comes in and a defender heads it away or kicks it away. So that's the difference between blocks and clearances. Mm-hmm. Then you get a half a point for a foul drawn, which is lower than DraftKings. And then you get a quarter point for every five passes completed, which it sounds like, well, there's tons of passes. Well, uh, you're, not, you're not loading up on passes. Typically, right. that's a, like kind of a floor. The, the middle of the pitch, center back types, you know, may accumulate two or three points total but it's not something that you necessarily it it provides points for kind of everyone but uh not at a rate where truthfully you really even look at the target it. yeah exactly right uh and then for goalkeepers you get 10 points for a clean sheet uh three points per save and minus one for a goal against 
and uh, there's no there's no win bonus on mm-hmm. FanDuel. Mm-hmm. So those FanDuel uh, stats are very similar to other Yahoo. They count all of these other kind of defensive peripherals, and that's why you'll see that uh, on DraftKings, while defensive peripherals barely get you anything, that's why you don't typically take defensive type players on DraftKings mm-hmm. while on FanDuel uh, defensive type players are completely per- I mean the top ones are actually sometimes better than the offensive players right right yeah I mean the Yahoo scoring is obviously not exactly the same as FanDuel but they basically the point of both of their scorings and a lot of other sites is just to increase the player pool of, of guys that you would play which is why you get um, you know, more points for interceptions and, and tackles. Um, and while, so they, they want to do that so that your defensive players are more valuable uh, v- or rather valuable enough that you would consider them. Whereas DraftKings, because of one key stat, you likely will never consider them. Right. Unless you need a pun play, it's a short right. slate, that type of thing. Uh, and, uh, on that note, I I actually think it have opening up the player pool is worse. It's certainly and, as weird as it sounds. It's more variant. Right, right. That that that's the better place. If you play DFS uh, in other sports, uh, it's it's it makes it so that so many players are fractionally close to each other that who know, you could you could pick nearly anyone. I mean, right. I. I <clears throat> I've said that on FanDuel. Other than other than forward, practically, uh, you could. I mean, the, the, in the defender position on on DraftKings, I mean, it's it's a lottery. It's I mean, there what you could eliminate half of them, but then you still have you you could you could forty defenders, and right. you just look and you go, who's going to be who happens to be the one that clears eighteen shots this game? Because it could be one of the two. Def- central defenders yep but one could have 18 clearances and one could have two mm-hmm. and then the next game it could flip-flop so you're not you're looking at stuff that's what i mean by by better or worse uh typically not even varying but predictive and non-predictive mm-hmm. and i think for daily fantasy as opposed to the season-long game uh the more predictive it could be uh the i don't want to say easier the more skillful it is yep that you could pick uh certain matchups in certain conditions where you're more sure of what's going to happen rather than where, okay, who gets goals. Yeah. You could, you could semi predict that you mm-hmm. go who's most likely going to score, but who's going to be the most likely to block shots and get tackles. Like you're going to say, oh, okay, the defensive midfielder from this team, but they could get 28 points. They could get four points. Right. In the same game, and you can play the game twice, and it would be both. You can get both results. Yep. It's not the type of thing where you put you know, on DraftKings. If you put the t- two teams in the same matchup ten times, the range of outcomes between those ten times for the types of players that you want to get is not going to be that wide. Yep. You're not going. You're not going. There's not going to be a game where the, the five out of the ten games a center back gets 28 points. Right. Like this would be one out of ten if that if he scores. And if he doesn't score, then three points for him, five, mm-hmm. something, something like that. Right. So why is uh, DraftKings different? Why is it different? Well, they set up their own scoring system. I don't know. No, no, no. I mean, I what, make, what makes them different? 
that was an attempted segue into the cross conversation. Oh, and the, I mean, crosses are the most predictive staff that there is. Uh, and that's why on DraftKings, I mean, even last year, they had to nerf the scoring for that because it became almost too simple. Mm-hmm. Uh, and for the people that knew what they were doing, uh, especially when they had the 11 man rosters yep. where you could just like you just load up. Uh, I, I miss those days miss those <laughs> days where you literally don't care about goals. Mm-hmm. Like I just I'm rostering forwards that as, as long as you're playing wide, like I don't care. You're going to rack up, you know, eight crosses. It's like eight crosses and a couple of tackles and a shot like that is a goal. Welcome aboard. Right. But you'll say, but you'll I mean, we're giving away exactly. You know, this is how you have to think when you play. DFS soccer compared to other sports where in NBA, you're looking for like minutes on the court type of thing. You're looking for, uh, you know, the, the pace of a team, fast paced teams, more points could happen in the game. So this is very similar to that, where uh, teams that cross a lot are going to be more predictive teams that play through the middle and don't cross a lot are going to be much more variant. Mm -hmm. It's going to be, you're not going to get, uh, a lot of those floor peripheral points uh, off of crosses where you're looking at the team going, that is, they're, they're favored, but you're not even sure if you could take any of them. Mm-hmm. Because, like, you're playing for goals at that point, which could be a great GPP strategy. But if you're looking for safety, you're kind of looking around going, I don't know, there's no one on, there's no one on Arsenal to take, you know, like that type of thing. Right. The cross but, is definitely the foundational stat for building cash lineups. Right, for DraftKings. For DraftKings, correct. Because right, right. nobody else, no other site cares about crosses. <laughs> right. Uh, so now if you're if you're getting into soccer and maybe you watch, you know, once every four years during the World Cup, and you're like, okay, I'm going to get into involved in the Premier League and Champions League. And uh, there's tons of leagues. I mean, uh, DraftKings has been good as, you know, as I say, soccer out the, uh, out the butt. Uh, you know, there'll be interleague slates with Bundesliga, possibly Serie A, the Italian League. You can do MLS, Mexican League, uh, Championship, which is the second division in England. And a lot of times they'll build it on, like, Interleague. So it'll be, like, whatever games are going on on Tuesday at 2.45, there may be a French League game, three, you know, La Liga, Spanish games, and two uh, Italian League games. And it'll just say, here's a six-game slate for all from all the leagues. Right. Uh, so if you want to get familiar with that. Uh, but the the prime ones in DFS soccer, the the bigger contests uh, with more participation are going to be uh, Saturdays and Sundays for uh, English Premier League, uh, Tuesdays and Wednesdays when uh, the Champions League plays. They don't play every Tuesday or Wednesday, uh, and Thursday for Europa League. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you don't know soccer, Champions League is where all the top teams in Europe play together. So they'll play in their own domestic league. So it'll be the, the top couple of teams from Italy, the top couple of teams from Spain, the top, top, top couple of teams from England, it's like the top team from Belgium. You'll get all these teams and, you know, they start out with 32 and they play these group stage games and then it gets into a knockout format. The Europa League is similar. It's just like kind of one step down. Mm-hmm. So instead of the top three teams in Italy, it's the fourth, fifth and sixth place. And then that's where you get kind of the weird, you know, the top Azerbaijani team. <laughs> and then you have to go searching for stats right. uh, on who t- who takes set pieces for some Kazakhstani team that qualified through the four rounds of the Europa League qualifiers. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so soccer, you can play every day if you want. Yep. 
The bigger contests are going to be EPL and, and, and Champions League, though. Uh, but you could always throw in a couple of bucks and you could play, you know, $3 GPP and have have your fun, put on the games. It's in If you're in the United States, it's in the afternoon. And I don't know of any other daily fantasy sport that is in the afternoon other than maybe baseball on, you know, one or two days a week. So feel free to just, you know, throw in a lineup. Uh, but if you don't know the teams, and a lot of times, even I don't, when we come to the Europa League, you just look and you go, I've never heard of this team. Right. Uh, so it happens. Oh, to they're me. in Bulgaria. Okay. Right. Or or even t- uh, teams that come up from uh, from the lower leagues into mm-hmm. the, the top leagues and you're not as familiar, or there's a lot of rotation. The squad is turned around. They signed four guys and three guys left or whatever. Uh, the first place to check out, and it's, very familiar in any other daily fantasy sport uh, is obviously the betting lines or sometimes called the Vegas lines, even though it's not centralized in Vegas, but whatever. Uh, so uh, I go to oddschecker.com, which will give you a swath of different uh, betting sites and the, the lines for them. But I mean, you could, you could do Bovada, you could do any, any Patty power, especially the English ones, Ladbrokes or something like that. Uh, but the three main ones to look at, and this is from a general perspective. Like, don't just look at these and go, I'm done. I've solved it all. And then just put together lineups. But just to get a sense of where the public is and what the betting lines are, you look at a look at the money line, which is similar to any other sport uh, done, you know, like minus 140, minus 380 plus whatever. Uh, the only difference is, is that in soccer, there's also a line for a draw. So always put that in perspective that you'll you may see lines that kind of just don't add up to each other. You'll go, how could both be underdogs? <laughs> how could it be plus 140 for one team and plus 180 for the other? It's like you start. To, I'm going to deposit as much money as I can because I can bet on both sides and win. <laughs> uh, no, uh, in in soccer betting, a draw is a loss because you have to bet the draw. Right. So it's not like a, a wash in 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 other sports. Uh, where if there happens to be a tie, uh, then it's just a push. Uh, then you have the total, which similarly you get the money line. You'll see, you know, minus 135 at two and a half, which means, you know, the over under two and a half, three, two. Remember, it's soccer. There's not that much scoring. OK, right. It, it, if, you, if you see over unders of seven, that means there's going to be it's going to be like the Germany versus like your high school team. Yeah. Like it's going to be one of those games, which, by the way, uh the difference between other sports, uh, especially American sports, American sports are primarily a closed system. Baseball, basketball, football, like it's it's all parody. So like while one football team could be the top, the winning Super Bowl team versus the, the team that got the first draft pick uh, in soccer, that's a normal game. Like a, the the team a, a team the top team in the Premier League versus the last place team in the Premier League is uh, going to be favored more than any American football game the entire season. Yep. Like you may look and go, oh, you know, so and so is favored by twenty points. It's like no, like Man City versus Brighton is going to be more than that. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. once you get to the Champions League group stage and the Europa League group stage, you may see nutso lines mm-hmm. and in and world cup qualifiers i was about to say world cup you, qualifiers no you'll see the most nutso lines like yep. in europa league like the the azerbaijani side that came through or whatever and they're gonna play like leon or something like that line could be like minus 1400 mm-hmm. 
which which is a ridiculous like ridiculous. in any other sport is ridiculous. The total will be four and a half five, and the implied team total would be like it'll be four point eight to point one right. to point two as the implied score, uh, because the, the the disparity between the teams you're playing you know the the that Azerbaijani side is made up of while they are professional players they like they they couldn't even play in the top four leagues in England right like they're guys that like practically have second jobs. Uh, yeah, usually when you see big over-unders on, in soccer, and it's unlike basketball, like when you see a big uh, total in basketball, you're like, all right, I can pick guys from both teams. Usually large totals in soccer means it's going to be a one-sided bloodbath. Right. And so going right. Even Even if two offensive teams play each other, like you'll see an over-under maybe three. Still. Right. Right. Like it's still because it's going to be because no one knows who's going to win. It's like it's a close game, but they're good enough because they're both good enough, at least defensively. Maybe it's a three and a half. You'll see sometimes. Mm -hmm. Uh, But if yeah, if you see sixes and sevens, I mean, World Cup qualifiers, that's the there there are lines that don't exist. Like it's that bad. Like uh, Germany versus Faroe Islands is minus fourteen thousand (laughs) five hundred. Like it's to the point where some sites don't even take. Yep. wagers or they won't even take a wager over like a hundred bucks right or whatever because it's just like yes the over-under is eight and a half because germany like if they don't score nine goals they actually failed this game because they're playing <laughs> against like 11 dentists right <laughs> right right um but, but a lot of times a lot of times uh, i in the past although they've done it more so uh recently in the past summer uh, that they actually try to leave those games off the slates. True, true. Oh, well, because it make it makes it just it makes it. I, it's almost boring to me. It's mm-hmm. like you know that okay. How many Germans do I need to take? I need to right. take six Germans <laughs> and one guy from each because you have to. And if you, have you, to have if three, you don't yeah. know, you have to pick three teams of players. So, uh, which gets into uh, the fact, just to mention, if you're coming from other sports. Uh, and we'll get into it a little bit more, but just to put it in your head, because I think it's extremely important, uh, stacking in soccer doesn't work. So if you're coming usually from baseball, doesn't. usually, usually. Yeah. Now, there are two game slates where, it, sure, you have no choice. But if on an eight game, six to eight game slate, typically uh, picking five or six guys from the same team is not a a optimal move, even in GPP. Uh, sometimes it is. I mean, there's a rare case, but I, it, I'm just trying to Andrew to dispute the notion because a lot of people play MLB and they go, well, which team to stack? Because right. That is a viable strategy. Or in football, you got the running back, the wide receiver, the quarterback, the defense, and go, you know, this team's going to win, you know, 41 to nothing type of thing. Where in DFS they'll get enough points amongst the five guys. The thing here in soccer is that uh, it's possible that the forward scores four goals. Uh, there's a two assists because two goals don't have even have an assist. And then you look at your five man stack and you see one guy with 56 points and the other guys with three. Right. And you go, uh, why did I lose? I have the 56 point guy. It's like, no, no, because other people just picked the 56 point guy and picked in other games everywhere else. Right. That type of thing. So just to put that in your mindset when we get into, you know, systems and DFS construction, uh, but the last uh, betting line thing is, if you need it, it's. I hate the prop markets because it's so, like, you can't go by them that much. But if you have no clue, 
uh, goal scorer gods. Mm-hmm. And you're particularly looking at what's called any time goal scorer. Because you could also bet on the first goal scorer. But really, you're looking for who is going to score a goal in the 90 minutes or whatever in play. Uh, and it'll, sh- it'll show you. And a lot of times you'll see, uh, just uh, just so you don't get kind of flummoxed, that uh, obviously the forwards are going to have the highest goal scoring odds uh, for the teams that are favored. So you'll see, you know, minus 135, which is over 50% chance of scoring, uh, you know, plus whatever, whatever, whatever it is. But you'll also see the backup forwards yep. with similar uh, lines. Uh, and the sports books do that because, uh, as, as you'll see, uh, the starting lineups don't get announced until an hour before the game. Uh, and you, so, a lot of rotation happens. Sometimes the starting forward isn't playing and the backup plays the game and typically unless you have insider information you don't even know that right so the sports books you know you see the back the, th- the third forward at minus 110 while the starting forward is at minus 165 it's basically to protect them from someone that knows that the starting forward will not be playing because if you knew that you know if you knew that uh the, the starting forward was going to be you know in and the backup was going to be a backup and maybe come on as a sub, the goal scoring odds would be like plus 1500. I mean, cause he may not even play, but if right. they, if they set the lines that way and you knew beforehand, it's like, okay, you're picking the forward of the favorite team and getting, you know, 15 to one odds on it. They're, they're not going to let you do that. Uh, so, so you will see a lot. Of, wow. Especially on heavily favored teams. You'll see, you know, half the guys, the top 10 people, will be even money or better to score. But it's like, no, no, six of those guys aren't even playing. Like, but if they do play, they're in a, they're in a good position also. And that's very uh, kind of semi-different from other sports, maybe closer to NBA, where a point guard is a point guard. Like, if the, if the backup point guard is playing and the starter isn't really going to get that many minutes, uh, the value goes up. Right, because the point guard is the point. I mean, it's gonna they're gonna run the point the same way they do in any basketball game. So if you have a the backup point guard is a minimum price, and he's gonna see thirty two minutes, it's like you pick him up immediately. You you don't even have to care what their name is or anything. Right, doesn't even matter what team they're on. If they're on an underdog team or a favorite team, you pick that up in half a second because, like, obviously they're gonna get enough floor peripheral points that, like, it's definitely worth it. So that's that's very similar to. Uh, what you'll see in soccer where, oh, the backup's in. It's like, well, the back, they're still playing the same system. So as long as this guy, whoever's playing fullback for this team is most likely going to see this many crosses, no matter who's in. So you'll see that uh, when starting lineups come out uh, for DFS construction, a lot of it focuses on, is there a backup fullback playing? Because typically they're priced down. So anything else, uh, Andrew, with uh, with betting lines, just to get a sense of like if you don't never heard of any of these teams and you're like, I'm going to put together a lineup. Uh, what who, who are the teams to pick from, at least to get started with? Uh, I think that that's the best place to go to just from the start. Yeah, totally agree. Yep, I think you covered it. OK. And then the second layer of that is uh, team mentalities. In general, now specific teams have specific mentalities and specific systems. So this is why uh, I, I've heard a lot of people in, in NBA say that watching the games actually 
helps how the rotations happen, things like that. Uh, soccer works the same way. That watching the games, you could see how the team plays because you may that if you don't know soccer, you're looking. Oh, they're just knocking the ball around. It's like no, there there are specific formations and strategies and whatever. You know, they're going to play down the middle, out wide. Are they going to do a lot of target crossing? Are they going to try to get in the box? You know, like that type of thing, where obviously some things are more valuable in DFS than other things. Mm -hmm. But in general. Uh, in soccer, I think unlike other sports, when other sports, when you say home field advantage, typically that just means like, oh, the intangible crowd type <laughs> of thing. Like, you know, in baseball, it's not even you don't even have home field advantage. You have I mean, it's a ballpark factor, but both mm -hmm. teams get uh, maybe for the pitcher, but it's the crowd type. There's no there's there's, there's no change in mentality. Like, they're going to play football. They're going to play basketball. I mean, like, I don't see, like, the Warriors aren't going to, like, well, we're going to change the way our play, we play because play we're in Miami. And it just so happens, I mean, it's a basketball court. It's It does, doesn't really matter. But yep. in soccer, uh, the, the common parlance for, for soccer is that teams that at home are looking to get three points, which is a win, and you're looking to get one point on the road. So if you could do that as, as a team, you typically win the league, okay, or at least towards the top. If you could win all your home games and draw all your away games, you're good. Mm -hmm. So the home team typically plays more offensively, while the away team typically plays more defensively. Right. Uh, regardless, I mean, because you'll see even on lopsided, semi-lopsided matchups, the Man City versus Brighton, like Brighton is going to, at least try to score at home like Brighton at Man City like they're going to bunker right like I mean Man City is going to look to destroy them at home but Man City isn't that I mean they want to win that game I and mean, that's like a, obviously a they if they only got one point that would be two points dropped uh but Man City wouldn't it wouldn't be the end of the world if they just drew against Brighton at Brighton right so Brighton may come out and like, let's at least try to score. Let's get a one goal, even if it's on a counter or something. Uh, while away, Brighton just hauling off a dear life, no matter what. And you'll see that throughout the course of the league. Uh, maybe not as much in the Premier League because because of the money. Teams have gotten a little closer to each other in skill level. Uh, but indefinitely in like in France, you know, PSG versus whoever's at the bottom of the table, like that type of thing. PSG is going to play like they're at home in every game. Right. Like it, there's there's no not playing at home unless they're playing like Leon or, Monica, or yeah. right or one of the, the really top teams. But uh, the 16 teams underneath that, like that, every game is a home game. Barcelona, unless they're playing Real Madrid and Atletico Madrid, every game they're playing like it's a home game. Right. So it doesn't matter. You could oh they're away, so maybe I don't take Messi. It's like no, it's, I'm, I'm sorry. Like, <laughs> they don't. doesn't care if they're home or away. Uh. uh Looking at the betting lines, favorite versus underdog. Uh, here's the uh, thing for DFS that makes it the complete opposite of basketball. And it's something that I that that was the first thing. These are the types of things that I wanted to point out for this podcast of people that, you know, knowing the concepts. Because when I went into the NBA, I'm like, OK, who's the, who's the team that's going to blow out the other team? I want to pick players from that team because I'm thinking like soccer. And then I looked and like, no, you don't want anyone from that game. Like, why not? They're going to blow them out. It's like, yeah. 
And if they're up by 30, all the people that you roster aren't going to get any minutes on the court anymore. (laughs) In soccer, there's only three substitutions. So unlike most baseball, obviously you come out, you're gone. But in soccer, that's the same thing. 11 guys start and there's three substitutions. And once you're out, you're out. But typically the substitutions, I mean, if a guy comes out at a half, that's early. Most of the guys that start the game are going to finish the game. Mm -hmm. Uh, And if they're up by four, uh, they have no problem scoring a fifth goal. Right. They have no problem scoring a sixth goal. They may let up a bit. Obviously, if they're up by a ton, maybe the forward comes out. But by the time the forward comes out, when they're up by six goals, you already got a hat trick from them. So who cares uh, type of thing. So when you look at the lines, you want if if, if one team's going to blow out another team, those are the. Those are the main guys to look at. Mm-hmm. Those are that's where the goal that, from a predictive uh, perspective, you could predict that there's going to be goals from that team in that game. Who's most likely going to score them? Then you look at who plays for the team. Uh, the teams, the games that are closer, who knows what's going to happen? That's a very that's a very much match flow based. Uh, lopsided games with heavy favorites. You don't necessarily have to worry about match flow because the match flow will be one team will have 80% possession and the other team will be holding on for dear life. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, that's it's going to be the whole game. There's that this that the the away team or whatever the under team is just going to try to counter. Basically, they're gonna, we're going to try to hit the ball up when we get the ball back and hopefully our fast striker can get on the end of it and nick a goal or something or get a set piece or something. That the the underdogs in those games. Uh, there are situations where you would take it depends on the slate or whatever. Uh, typically you're not rostering anyone from right because they're not going to be, they're not, they're not going to be in an attacking mentality. And for DraftKings, pretty much all the scoring is attacking. Mm-hmm. So FanDuel, all the other sites, that's where you take the set. It's so counterproductive on FanDuel. It's what team's going to get beat up. I want the goalkeeper and the defenders, right? Because they're going to be clear and then blocking and all that type of crime. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, but on DraftKings, you want the you want the the teams that will be attacking the most. Uh, then you'll also see uh, even in the betting lines, you'll see some like I thought this team was great and this team is not that great. And how come it's like predicted to be a close a counter? Uh, you always have to worry about uh, worry. Uh, consider form and rotation. So form just means are they playing well? Because in soccer, unlike I think other sports. Uh, especially baseball. Baseball could be up and down. I mean, you get certain hitters that may be slumping. But uh, teams that that have lost three in a row are looking to grind out points in their next match. Right. Uh, Their goal is to not lose, not necessarily to win. Right. No matter, they could be a sixth-place team. It could be, you know, it could be Liverpool. It could be Southampton. But if they've had a string of bad results, you know, the bad loss and they lost to Burnley or something— and it's two losses in a row, they may not be high-flying the next game. Mm-hmm. They may just look at it like, let's get down to basics. We'll win one nothing, even though we're up against a crappy team. So it's always look at form. Uh, and rotation, uh, especially for the top teams that will also be playing in the Champions League or the Europa League, but also understand in domestic leagues there's also uh, cups. So like the whole, you know, the FA Cup in England is like all the teams in England play a tournament it's 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 similar to the NCAA tournament, but it's played during the season. Right. 
So you like you'll see it's like, oh, I'm playing EPL next week. And it's like, where's the slate DraftKings? It's like, no, because that weekend was marked by the FA as an FA Cup weekend. Mm -hmm. So you'll see Liverpool play, you know, some team from the fifth division and whatever. And uh, then DraftKings may actually have slates for that. Uh, But uh, typically in those matches, they put in like backups. Right. Like the easier the matchup, like top teams will rotate players in. Uh, But sometimes they leave certain players in for those matches. Like you may have one or two playmakers that are in for those. Uh, They may not play 90, but if they do play 90 and they have a game three days later, it's possible that that guy doesn't start. Mm -hmm. So take that into account where, uh, you know, Tottenham plays on Thursday in in the Europa League and then on Sunday uh, plays, you know, Bournemouth. And then look at the Thursday game and see who, especially fullback, uh, because fullbacks uh, run up and down like the entire length of, of the field, uh, most of the most of the game. Unless I mean, if they're an attacking fullback, they're going to go from end to end. So after 90 minutes, they're tired. So three days rest may not be good enough. Uh, and a lot of the top teams have enough good players. They actually sign players so they can still have good quality when they do rotate. But you know, if you see Ben Davis and you know, well, Kyle Walker isn't on the team anymore. Uh, then you look right, Trippier. We 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 actually get a starting Trippier this year, right? We'll see. He's hurt now, so uh. <laughs> just it was just all an elongated tease. My favorite is the guy who's replacing him is Kyle Walker Peters. Right. So you get another Kyle. Yeah, just get another Kyle Walker. But yeah, I think that's actually a really good point of uh, the because there are just so many matches. I mean, theoretically. Uh, you look at their schedule and you're like, okay, they play every weekend. Like, simple enough. They play once. It's like the NFL. They play one day a week. But there are all these extra cup competitions, both domestically and in Europe, that allow make make them play occasionally midweek, and that can throw the weekend off completely. While it also gives you an opportunity to, you know, get some of these cheaper fullbacks that, you know, if the starters played on Thursday and uh, they're going to let the younger guys play, that's where you can really attack these. Uh, the value plays because guys who don't always play are now playing. Right. And that leads into systems and positions and formations and things like that, because you're getting into, you're getting into uh, soccer from another sport like baseball. Obviously you're picking batters. So it doesn't matter what position they are, but in basketball, you have centers forward. They do certain things. Uh, Obviously in NFL football, you know, quarterbacks throw the ball receivers, catch it, you know, Mm-hmm. Things like that. In soccer, I mean, other than the goalkeeper, it's 10 positional players. Technically, they could do whatever the hell they want. Uh, but uh, certain players typically have certain types of responsibilities. So in looking at where people are lined up in the starting 11, you could guess uh, what they're going to be doing during the game. Right. Depend- comparing that with the team's mentality. Are they going to be attacking? Are they going to be defending? And then the more that you know the teams and the league and the players, you could start. You could look at a starting eleven and see two guys rotated in and go, "Oh, they're going all out attack." And and you look at the last. And to to a layman, you look at the last formation. It's the same formation, just they switch two guys. But if you know those two guys, like, oh, those two guys can't play defense. Right. Like that guy's not going to track back. Or this but the formation like that gets posted on Twitter or something like makes it look like a four two three one and you're like that guy ain't staying there mm-hmm. like Town Townsend ain't playing as a wing back <laughs> that ain't happening 
Like, <laughs> he may be lined up there. They may have showed it as a 3-4-3, but I'm telling you, Townsend will not getting be getting any tackles won. He'll just be flying <laughs> his head. He'll be like a chicken without his head. Great for great for DFS when it comes to crosses and stuff. Right, I was going to say, just send him in crosses. <laughs> right. But you may look at that side and go, go, well, the defensive midfielder who can at times be a left back, like – most likely they're going to have that defensive responsibility there, and Townsend will be playing further up the pitch. Yep. Like that, that, these are the types of things you'll look at. Uh, so just in general, positions. I mean, I know we're getting down to 101. You have the goalkeeper, the guy that could touch the ball. Uh, that's the easy one. He has a distinct uh, responsibility. Then you have center backs uh, in general. Uh, center backs are defensive players that play in the middle of the pitch, center back. It, all of this makes sense because they're all called exactly kind of where they where they right, are. Right. Uh, the center backs uh, on attack are the furthest back, so they're going to be all they're going to be anchoring. They're going to be at the midway line, at the at the furthest during open play. Uh, so don't expect them to be getting assists or goals in that position. They're going to be way bad. They're going to be distributing the ball. If someone hits it, they have to go all the way back and go all the way around. They're really not going to get involved in attacking play whatsoever. And Unless, because they're in the center, they tend not to cross because you right. have to be out on the wing to cross. Right. But center backs do score goals from another thing that we'll talk about in a little bit because uh, they tend to also be the strongest and tallest players. Okay, so fullbacks are... Same same type of position. They're primarily a defensive position because they're the furthest back from the goal, but they play on the wings. So they play on the on the wide positions. And they're called fullbacks because they go the full length up and down. So uh on defense, they're the last line of defense on the wings. Uh on offense, the fullbacks could be, you know, all the way up and play as wingers. So, you know, you'll see them in attack, the fullbacks, mm-hmm. depending obviously on the type of fullback they are. There are certain guys that, while they are a fullback, tend to get into the attack less. But for the most part, if they're playing on the sides, far, furthest back, they're going to be defensive players as well as offensive players. Uh, the rare times, depending on the formation, sometimes you'll see three guys as center backs. Uh, and then two guys as what they're called wing backs. So because there are three center backs, uh, it kind of gives an extra person to uh, have defensive responsibility. So the wing back guys have less of it. So if you see guys playing as wing backs, they're going to be much more attacking mentality mm-hmm. than defense mentality. But also, if you see three center backs, don't assume, don't think in terms of oh, the left center back versus the right center back they're like fullbacks no it's going to be three guys all the way back so don't think in terms of that's why especially in MLS, especially for toronto like it but if toronto fc puts out their lineup uh in in a line because they never show their formation uh don't just assume that uh that you know who you know is going to be playing as a fullback mm-hmm. although andrew you would probably know i mean that that but to me that's that's the number one. Whenever I look at the Toronto lineup, I'm like, okay, Moore, Mavinga, Zavaleta. I'm like, okay, whoever's not there, whoever else is here, will be playing as a winger. Yep. I, you're yep. just like, once you can identify the center backs, you're like, 
the chances of Zabaleta playing as a fullback is few and far between. Uh, so most likely it's going to be uh, this Hasler guy that came in, whatever. Like, okay, 2,500. Give me a fullback. Done. Yeah. I will. I'll also add that the formations, like teams don't have to stick with these formations. Like that's just kind of what basically it's always Opta um, kind of expects them to, I mean, it's the announced lineup and the announced formation, but any sort of adjustment um, can be made. And so, you know, we go, we obviously have to rely on them. Theoretically, that's where they line up because we don't know if the manager's willing to change, but any, all of the formations we have on RotoWire too, if you like check the box scores for the specific games, like we show full lineups to make it a little easier. We have a field, little dots on it that shows where you are. So it's very clear when there's three in the back because there's one, two, three circles with guys' names on them. So those are the easiest ways, I think, to kind of recognize who your fullbacks and wingbacks are. Right, unless unless it's Mexico. <laughs> right, we don't have Mexico. We actually don't have MLS either. We just have the five Euro leagues, which uh, should help for um, the interleague slates that don't include championship and obviously all the Premier League stuff. Right. Well, but, but that I'm I'm highlighting the fact of what you're saying. Like when it comes to Mexico, no matter what they're listed as, no matter what on the field, it, it doesn't it just put them in a lottery ball. Yeah. Like. Center backs could be playing as attacking midfielders. I mean, like, <laughs> like that's the, it doesn't matter what it shows on a screen or what they show on Fox Sports. It's like I look, and a lot of times it was so much easier with Rafa Marquez. Yep. Because you knew what he was going to do. Gonna do. <laughs> right. It's like no matter where he's lined up, he's going to end up being kind of like the defensive midfielder. Mm hmm. And then everyone's going to move around him. And then you could look and go, okay, Leun's going to tuck in. And then this guy, and then, then Panetta is going to do this. Okay, now I get it. But without him in there, and you throw, they're throwing in people, uh, especially this past Gold Cup, just wait for Mexico's lineup to come out and just predict who's going to be playing where. And just hopefully you get it right. Right, right. Uh, so continue with the, uh, the positions. Then you have... Uh, Better way to put it for especially for DFS purposes, wide players and central players. Uh, because central players, I mean, you could have different formations. Four, two, three, one. So you have four, the two center backs, the two fullbacks, two, the two central kind of defensive midfielders. Then you have like three attacking midfielders on top, and then one forward furthest up top. But the most classic formation is four four two, which is same four in the back. Then you have Four in a line, two centrally, two on the wide, and then two forwards up top. Sometimes those forwards could mix around. Sometimes one forward will play on top of another forward. Mm -hmm. Sometimes they'll play what? Sometimes you'll also have another popular one is 4 3 3. So you still have the four in the back, then you have three in the middle, and then three on the top. Uh, and looking at each of those formations, you could kind of get a sense of how they're going to play. So, for instance, on DraftKings, because uh, crosses are so predictive and they provide the most floor, you can really only cross from wide positions. Right. So uh, a, a central a central midfielder, even if they're playing as a central attacking midfielder, is most likely not going to be generating crosses. They could be generating shots. Obviously, they get an assist and goals, but most likely they're going to be play playing centrally. Uh, the guys on the... In a four-two-three-one, the two guys on that three, those are more likely going to be crossing the ball. The fullbacks are more likely to be crossing the ball. Those two guys, especially if there's two in the back, sometimes you'll get a four-one-four-one. 
But that guy that's playing as a defensive midfielder, and that's why it's sometimes it's called a holding midfielder. Sometimes it's called uh, you know destroyer, if, uh, you know like your well like Conte or someone like mm-hmm. that. Uh, their their whole role is to break up play, like they're not offensive players at all. Uh, sometimes that defensive midfielder is uh, a deep lying playmaker, so they're there to anchor. They're they're playing kind of as the point guard. Uh, the problem is, is that their passes are 40 yards from goal. So although they are playing as, quote, the point guard, uh, most likely three passes are going to happen before the goal from their first pass that they'll never get an assist. Right. Or they rarely get assists. Or sometimes once in a blue moon, they end up late in the box. Like, you know, they come out of nowhere because he's going to be unmarked because no one's expecting him to come up and he'll score a goal. Uh, and that's when you also get what's called box-to-box midfielders. A lot of times you'll see that uh, on very heavily attacking teams. Uh, I'm thinking in terms of someone like Aaron Ramsey. Uh, Guys that typically play deep but come up all the time. Mm -hmm. Like Cesc Fabregas would be Mm -hmm. considered a box-to-box midfielder. Pogba. Right, Pogba is a box-to-box. They're they're never going to be wide, so they're not getting crosses and stuff like that. But they're going to all box to box midfielders will be the most active players. They will get defensive peripherals. They will get offensive peripherals. They will cause fouls. They'll commit fouls. They'll get, I mean, everything in between. Defensive midfielder is pretty much just going to get tackles and interceptions and every once in a blue moon an assist type of thing. Uh, That's why if you look on DraftKings, they're typically priced low. Right. Because their floor is like two or three points. <clears throat> but uh, a box-to-box midfielder, they're much more active. And when in doubt, uh, especially on short slates where you have to pick, you can't just pick all wide players. Uh, the two things that you should always look at is when in doubt, play a wide player. When in second doubt, play someone that's going to be the most active. Mm-hmm. The most likely because you're going to be active enough to get points in some regard. Okay, so central midfielders, wide midfielders. Sometimes they're called wingers. Uh, Then you have forwards. Uh, There's multiple types of forwards. And the type of forward, I think this is very important. This is why watching the games or looking at the stat sheets after the games, I mean, you could go through even on Rotowire and take a look at, you know, how the game played out. Uh, there, There are a lot of multiple types of forwards. I mean, sometimes poachers versus, you know, trekkertistas. I mean, there's Italian names for certain positions. Uh, but the, I think the two main ones, just to really simplify it, are target forwards and shooting forwards. Uh, target forwards are typically big guys that are going to try to get on the end of a cross. So they're big guys. They try to head the ball in like they're not they're not going to get the ball at their feet and run at people right. and shoot. With the, you know, they're 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 the, be the ones that are going to be six yards from goal and get their foot on a ball that goes in from a fullback that crosses the ball. So in the Premier League, someone like Christian Benteke, mm-hmm. he's the first forward. one that came to my mind. <laughs> right, I mean, he's a quintessential target forward. Olivier Giroud mm-hmm. is a target forward, even though Arsenal doesn't play that style. Uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, at typically the lower sides in the Premier League will have like the the Mercy Embakani's, mm-hmm. those type of guys. They're target forwards. Yeah. Uh, shooting forwards are guys that, while yes, they can get on the end of you know crosses, 
their main skill is to get the ball in the center and take someone on and shoot. Mm-hmm. Or uh, or they're fast, so they're going to get behind the defense on a through ball and then have a clear shot at goal. So you're thinking in, in uh, the Premier League, you would think of guys like Sergio Guerrero, mm-hmm. uh, typically the highest scorers. Uh, you have Harry Kane, who's a mix of both. Yeah. Harry Kane's a target forward as well as a shooting forward. Yep. Uh, so when you have target forwards score uh, when crosses happen, if don't crosses happen, uh, they'll hold up. The, it's called hold up play. Like if the if the team is going to transition and the defensive team is now going to become the offensive team, a lot of times they'll hit the ball up so that the, the big target forward could turn his back to goal and get the ball on his chest and then lay it off to a midfielder. So that that actually is his main responsibility. But other than that, that target forward may not touch the ball. Like you, you, you could say, there are games where you're looking at your DraftKings screen going, no scores in 40 minutes. And that's because if it's a target forward, it's like if they don't get at the end of the cross, like they're not going to get a shot credited. Right. Like maybe they'll get a foul, a foul drawn or something like that, but they're, they're not racking up shots. Like it's going to be, it's really going to be a goal or nothing mm-hmm. from them. Uh, shooting forwards on the other end uh, will be taking a bunch of shots. So they may get five shots, six shots, two on goal, drawing fouls, things like that. So they have more of a floor. Uh, a lot of times that shooting forward, because they are more active, will also come out early in the game. That's why you'll see even like Sergio Aguero will come out. I mean, mm-hmm. like those type of guys, because, you know, they're almost an attacking midfielder playing as a forward. So they're, they're, it's not just stand in the center and get on the end of a cross. Uh, so when you roster those types of uh, the different types of forwards, uh, it, dep- it affects everything else like that the team does. So if you, Crystal Palace is playing with Benteke up top, like you take a look and you go, well, it's not like they're going to just be, they're not going to do what Liverpool did with him and try to play him like he's a shooting forward and never cross the ball. Right. That's why they got rid of him because Klopp didn't want to play that he didn't way. Fit. Right. He didn't fit. But Benteke up there, then you look at, you look at Joel Ward, you look at Van Aldholt and you go, well, there's the cross. Like you have your target forward. So that increases the value of all the wide players because his goal is to get on the end of a cross. So why, of course they're going to be crossing the ball. Right. If now you take out Benteke and you put a shooting forward there, all of a sudden the fullbacks and the wide players lose crossing value because, you know, you're not going to have the game plan. <laughs> right. You're not going to Stoke ain't crossing the ball to Bojan. <laughs> okay. Like the five foot six guy up top over there. But they uh, have six, eight Peter Crouch and right. he's in. There you go. Right. But that's what I mean by looking at the difference. You mm-hmm. go, oh, Stoke didn't change anything other than they switch Bojan with. With Crouch, it's like, no, that now that changes everything of how they play. Mm-hmm. Like that one small change, it looks to you, changes everything. You go you go from uh, one game, you wouldn't even consider uh, a, a Stoke fullback, which you barely consider as it is, uh, to like, oh, I, I 3,800, I got to take him because there's going to be seven crosses from that side of the field, that type of thing. Uh, People do love their Glenn Johnson, though. Yeah, well, I mean, when he's cheap. Ugh, stock. <laughs> <clears throat> but that's the point about looking at lineups because, I mean, one of the biggest things with soccer, which I think is probably the biggest variable that 
the other sports don't have is we find out lineups so late. I mean, basketball, they obviously can change up to the very last minute, but you have a, a fairly good idea of who's going to start. Whereas in soccer, we get 60 minutes bef- between when the lineups are announced and some teams are even a little slow. The Premier League, they're always like clockwork. But when you start to get into MLS or even some of the other European leagues, they can get a little slow. And you basically have 60 minutes to build your lineups. And if there's one guy who all of a sudden you get your cheap fullback or your cheap wingback, that opened up, that could totally change the way you've built your lineup throughout the entire week because now you have all this extra salary to play with and now you can upgrade in so many other positions. So it's it's one of those that not only is that time so important, but it's also not worth playing if you're not going to be around for that hour before lineup lock because so much can change. You're going to be at such a significant disadvantage, even if all of your guys are starting. Right, but it's not it's not even similar to the NBA. Like NBA, uh, the, the, the reason you have to watch Twitter is for late scratches. Scratches, right. Like they're not going to play, but... In basketball, like a guy that doesn't start could still have the same value because Fair. Yep. they could substitute in and out all they want. But a guy that doesn't start in soccer should not. I mean, I someone asked, someone emailed me for the, the Ask the Shark column about like, is there is there an instance where substitutes, uh, you would roster a substitute, and uh, this was before uh, international champions. I was Cup. about to say, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they threw that right back at you. We'll show you when you can right. We'll it. show you by by having preseason <laughs> slates where no one plays, but more than not even the goalkeeper. You can't even get a clean sheet out of Peter Check or some <laughs> whatever. Right. I didn't play any of those slates for that very reason. I'm like, come on, yeah. they have 11 substitutions and they make them all at the half, and then some teams don't. So it basically comes down to who gets to play 90 minutes, and if you have the guys that play 90 minutes, you win. Right, right. And that's an, also another important point for people that. Don't play soccer because the substitutions or whatever playing time matters. So, I mean, if they're not on the field, they can't score points. Mm -hmm. So understand that even if they're like, let's say they rotate someone in, they make, you know, come out. I mean, I, I like looking and a lot of people don't, uh, and it's not listed on Rotowire or maybe it is on the subsidiary pages. I look the substitutes. Andrew, do you, do you look, cause I look at ever, I look at them all the time. Meaning who's coming in? No, the substitutes when it's listed. I want to know the seven subs. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we have those. We Well, we have them in our box scores. We don't have them on our main lineup page. Right. But yes. No, because the, the key I point is that it, they're uh, someone's injured or, or, like, questionable. Like, they're, they're coming back from an injury. Mm-hmm. So we don't know whether or not he's going to start. Is he fit enough to start? If he's not fit, if he's not fit enough at all, he won't be listed. If he's not fit enough to start, he may still be listed. So the bat, like if you're if you're looking to play like the backup attacking midfielder that actually has a decent floor, and once you see the you know the, you know the Coutinho's guy not not even you know listed, you're like okay he's safe he's probably gonna play ninety. Yeah. But if you see him listed, you're like okay, Coutinho's gonna come back because he's he's he may only play twenty minutes, but he's gonna come in for probably for this guy, and this guy's gonna only play seventy. Right. You could you could kind of make those or see if they're what they're listing. I mean, sometimes teams because of injuries or whatever, you look and you go, I could take this winger or from this team or that winger or whatever. And I look and I see like, you know, taking the guy that, uh, okay, I'm thinking about whatever. And I see that there's literally no wingers on the bench. (laughs) Like it's three, like it's three forwards and a defender like the, yes, he could still come out. Maybe they switch people around, but the likelihood 
of them being substituted. I look right. Th- but if you see three forwards as substitutes and then you have, you know, kind of a crappy forward, like they wouldn't leave. The guy won't, the, the manager won't have three forwards on the bench and then have the sole forward that they have in their formation play 90 minutes. Right. Like they, they wouldn't have threat. They would have one forward on the bench and be like, okay, and that's normal. But if they if they're loading up on that, they're like, okay, this guy may sixty minutes may be good. And then you also have uh, uh, the Dusan Potich principle of you don't know what the hell is going to happen no matter what. Yeah. Just don't. Is he going to play? Is he going to play ninety? He's got. There's a new manager, so he'll he'll be fine, right? <laughs> we fall in for that every year. <laughs> every year. Ah. Never again until the next time. Well, let, let's get into. Like we talked about forwards coming in and out, uh, the the key to DFS, uh, as we mentioned before, is crosses. Uh, one of the easiest way to get crosses is on set pieces. Set pieces, if you don't know soccer, or when the whistle blows and there's going to be a kick, a dead ball kick. So it could be a corner kick. It could be a free kick from anywhere. Uh, typically those, if it's, Far enough away, if it's on the corner or on the sides, if it's not like 20 yards from goal, that that ball is going to be a cross. They're going to, you know, a, a player will kick the ball, cross the ball into the box. Hopefully, someone gets their head on it and hits it in. Uh, if it's like within 25 yards or something, that may just be a shot. They may shit. That's when you see the wall line up, and they're going right. to try to, you know, try to go over the wall. Uh, the guys that just to mention what I said before. Uh, because center backs are tall and strong, they typically come up for those types of plays. So they'll match up with the other team's center backs because those are the guys that could jump up and head the ball, in addition to the forwards, obviously. So when you see center backs that get goals, it's almost always on a play like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and certain, depending on the game, there'll be a bunch of those types of plays. Uh, it's not like that, like, oh, three times a game. Like, no, uh, the heavily offensive teams that will draw fouls will attack the box. So, you know, a lot more corner kicks like you may see 20, 25 for them, for those types of set pieces mm-hmm. for a, a, an underdog team. Maybe you'll make you could see six or seven, something like that. But they'll happen. They happen on fouls. Like if the fouls, obviously, you know, on the other side of the field, they ain't going to, you know, there's not going to be across 70 yards from goal. Uh, but uh, there'll be enough set plays where those are scoring opportunities and peripheral point opportunities because you have one guy that's going to hit the ball into the box. That's a cross. That's 0.75 points on DraftKings. Then you also have the shot, a header that goes towards the goal is going to be a shot, uh, which could also end up being an assist for the set piece taker. Uh, I mean, it, a lot of things could happen because of these set plays and these set pieces uh, that – these teams have, I mean, this is what they practice. This is as close as you get to NFL football. Uh, they're going to run a play. Right. Uh, and most teams, the guy that's kicking the ball, he's designated. Like, not like to the fans. Like, he doesn't wear a hat or anything. Uh, but there's one guy that's going to be responsible for those to deliver the ball into the box. Sometimes it's two. Sometimes there's multiple guys. Sometimes one guy takes it on the right side. One guy takes it on the left side. And it can be anyone on the team. I mean, with the, I mean look at Daly Blind uh, last year, whatever, man, a center back. 
taking set pieces, which makes it even more absurd where you're like, <laughs> you're like, you're, you're taking a, a center back, but he gets set pieces. And then if he doesn't, then he's not taking set pieces. And then you start banging your head against the wall because now you rostered a $4,600 center back. <laughs> Uh, but because of that, that that provides a stability. That's the predictive stuff that we were talking about, the floor. So each each team has these people that are responsible for those types of set pieces. So they become more valuable because, you know, I mean, take Swansea last year. I mean, it's not the good team. Typically, it's not even the good teams. The good teams, you have the opposite problem of three guys could three guys could do it yeah right and then they all cannibalize each other's value but you take uh you know dimitri Pyatt last year or sigurdsson like sigurdsson's the classic example of swansea ain't a great team at all but he is their team so not in in addition to him being the best in open play he takes literally every set piece every corner every free kick even if he's shooting or indirect or anything he's taking them all so if Swansea's at home playing against another kind of semi-crappy, it's an even game. It's like, like you're just there's going to be twenty of these, and it's just a matter of do you want that a goal is worth twelve points on DraftKings. Like Gilfy scores a goal in points every game, right? As a as a floor, as like like when he has a six seven point game, we load that. That's when you start throwing stuff. And, <laughs> going, you know, what happened there. But, I mean, in addition to the goal, I mean, he could show up with a 34-point game. But you're like, Swansea. And, but you look at a, a Chelsea and you go, I can't, I can't take anyone. <laughs> like, and mm-hmm. They could be favored and you, you could take no one because everyone's priced up and you have to, like, you don't know who's going to be taking anything. So everyone's going to be, you're going to be playing for goals. And that's kind of uh, one of the cores of DFS soccer, especially when you're playing, like, double-ups. Uh, GPP is obviously you could do whatever the hell you want. Uh, anything could be a viable strategy, uh, but but in double ups or whatever, you want the safe points. You want to, you know you want to make it so that uh, goals they could come from anywhere, but peripherals you could kind of predict. So like you don't want to have to rely on goals. So if you could get guys that could score eight to ten points without scoring, like those are good. You know you get a you get a fifty four hundred guy that take set pieces and we'll get a bunch and give you nine points. Like that's, that's a good day. That's, that's kind of what you want. And if they score a goal. That's even, that's greater. That's beautiful. But you're kind of going in, especially in the, in, in, in the non forward positions and going, who's going to cross who has set piece responsibilities. Cause that's where you're going to find most of those peripheral points. And, uh, as we talked about before, uh, depending on the starting 11, those things could change in a half a second. Mm-hmm. And that's where you could go from uh, looking at a team that is a, th- a three total. This this happens all the time. You look, they have the highest total. They're the, they the favorite. They're the biggest favorite. And you look at that starting 11 and go, I can't take any of them. <laughs> and then you look at the, the, the game that's a two and a half total between two lower table sides where everyone's priced at like 5,500 and go, I want four of these guys. Yep. Until you start to fall in love with Scott Arfield. Right, right. Well, maybe not Arfield. <laughs> Stuart Downing? Yeah, there there you go. There, there you there's, go. there's one. But if Gaston Ramirez is in, yep. then that kind of, then you're like, uh, Stokes, uh, Shakiri, yep. and, and it's like, is it going to be Adam? And then you have Glenn Whelan taking. Mm-hmm. Joe Allen took him for a little bit, too. Right. But that that's what that's what kills me. And you could look at this uh, uh, on Rotowire uh, with a subscription, 
Uh, I believe. And I, are you going to do like a free week for the for the Premier League, like the first week or something? Uh, we do a free 10-day with no credit oh. card required. So Okay. So there you yeah. go. So for the first week, uh, you could go well, – I don't think the first week matters because who knows? There are no stats left. Right, there, right. We have all the stats from last year, but – Right, the last year, but maybe wait wait for the second week then. Uh, and it'll show you, like, all those DraftKings types of stats, the RotoWire stats page, if you have a subscription, will show you. So you can, I mean, one of the things that, Andrew, you put even put on the cheat sheets is, like, corners. Mm-hmm. Corners taken, and just, you'll look at the past games and see, you know, who, who takes corners. Because most likely the guy that's taking corners is also taking the other indirect free kicks right. type of thing. Uh so and then you could also look and see the minutes and go like when so and so was out, who took them? Mm-hmm. When these two guys are in, who takes more of them? Or sometimes you'll see four three and you'll go, okay, it could one side or the other side, or they just rotate or some something, whatever. However they decide. But that's a good way to go through and go, uh, you know, because you'll see an hour before lock starting elevens will come out and you'll see Southampton. With Tadic and Ward Prowse and Stephen Davis, and you get, you go, who, who who's taking them this week? Yeah, like we don't know. Like, and that's what ends up happening is that it cannibalizes because that's the that's the worst situation. You want the situations like what happened in MLS, uh, what yesterday or whatever with uh, Vancouver, like like I wasn't on anyone on Vancouver that game until I saw that it was Bolanos no to share no to care yeah. Right. And I go, I was like, well, they're, when they're both on, they both take set pieces and they're both 7K and they're not worth 7K when they're both splitting them. Right. But if they're, they're worth 7K, if just one of them was out there, because mm-hmm. I know that without Tejera in, Bolaños will be taking them all. So I'll take them and they give it to me. But that changes your entire line of construction. That's right. the whole point of like an hour before lock. You look and you go, how does one guy being in and out change everything because that's where you get to the arsenal situation where it's like you know ozil will be taking set pieces but sanchez does take the free kicks that go on goal mm-hmm. and then ozil half the time it's a short corner so right. then like it's like okay then oxley chamberlain is in man no man united i think was worse last year yeah, man united Mata or mkhitaryan mkhitaryan yeah blind rashford was taking corners yep, yep. right and it's a different it, 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 you couldn't tell, and they'd all be in. The problem is, is that if if you could look at, at the starting 11 and then like if Rashford wasn't in, if Bikatarian wasn't in, if like you take all these guys, if Blin wasn't in and you just see Mata there, you're like, well, I got to take Mata now. Mm-hmm. Like he becomes a he becomes a core play even in and, and a game where Man United is at home and favored. Right. And same game they put out and then it's all of those guys. You look and you go, I can't take any of them. Like it's it's the only it's, I I don't know of any other other DFS sport where like it's the same game it's just like you take one guy out and all of a sudden like you go from I'll take four of them till I'll take none of them right in right, the right. the same it just it just depends on the lineup type of type of thing and it's only because of cannibalization only if one guy was cheaper than the other we had uh, Wabi Kazari oh yeah last year at the end of last year where people that stupidly didn't take him for Sunderland uh. Because earlier he played earlier in the year and then just didn't play for who knows how Months, long. Yeah, right. But he's a he would always take set pieces when he does play, uh, and he came in that you know Moyes actually gave him a chance to play, and he wasn't in with like anyone else. He wasn't in with Yanazai. Like if he was in with Yanazai, yeah. Honeyman, and Barini, yep. all the guys where like maybe 
You would think by looking at that lineup going, okay, Kosri is going to be on set pieces, but you at least have some doubt. Mm-hmm. Like there's a, there's a bunch of other guys that have taken them that maybe he doesn't get them back. But that lineup like two weeks to, to go in the season, like it was just him and everyone else is like, no, no, none of these guys are taking, taking those plays. And then Wabi Kosri for 3,800 puts up like 23 points. Mm-hmm. And it's just, you take him out and you put Yanazai in, I may not play any of them. Like not, I wouldn't definitely wouldn't. Yeah, no right. Way. Right. It's just a matter of you know, like it's you're certain. And Sunderland was at home and they happen to be slightly favored, which is a rarity mm-hmm. last year. And it's like, OK, the same thing happens with forwards. Like you take a look at like the the, the classic example, even even uh, this coming year for Bournemouth is uh, whether or not you play someone like Jermaine Defoe. Mm-hmm. It, the forward, the, the the shooting forwards like. Guys like Aguero or even Firmino, those type of guys that play for favored teams, Kane, like you could always make, you could always have some type of case for taking them because they're playing for good teams that are favored. They're going to score goals. Uh, Defoe always plays for crappy teams, and he's a shooting forward that plays that's short. He's not. He's, I mean, he's like five seven. Right. Five, he's not getting on the. He's fast and he shoots well, but. He's playing. He's playing on a side that, uh, especially last year, Sunderland, uh, Bournemouth tend to attack more, regardless. Uh, but for Sunderland, like Sunderland, only have twenty percent possession. So like Defoe is like, he'll get four. He'll get four chances, an entire game, and those four chances may not even turn into shots. Uh, sometimes, it'll turn into four shots, and you'll get four points. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it'll sure turn into three shots and you'll get one shot on goal. And sometimes it's a hat trick. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes he gets four chances and scores on three of them. Right. Uh, but other than that, you look at his game log. It's like one, one and a half, three and a half, 42, three, two. Like it's just all, cause that's the type of forward that he is. So in looking uh, at how much they're worth, uh, those type of forwards that are boom or bust, are good GPP plays. Right. Uh, and depending on the price, uh, cash plays. If they're very cheap and you need a punt type of thing. So like, the ch- obviously we all know in DFS, the cheaper that someone is, the less they have to do to make value. Mm-hmm. So I don't mind, you know, if, uh, if, uh, if a guy like that is playing, you know, if, the, if it's two crappy teams playing against one another and, you know, they're playing uh, one of the younger kids that is that type of player, and they're like 3,800 at forward. Like, if they only get two points, that doesn't really kill you. Mm-hmm. But based on the matchup, maybe they do score two goals. For 3,800, maybe you take the risk, but at 8,000, you don't. Right. The same way with set-piece takers. Like, you know, uh, last year, Charlie Adam was never a bad play when he was in. Mm-hmm. Only because he was so cheap. Because he was so cheap, right. Right. Like, like maybe he won't be taking set-pieces. But he does go box to box, and he probably will come out at 70th minute uh, regardless. But uh, if Stoke is at home and favored, uh, I'm going to take the t- for, for 3,800, 3,200 in a midfield spot, especially if you look at your construction and you're like, there's no other midfields to take other than like two stud midfielders that you're going to put in your midfield spot and utility spot. You're like, I need, I need a 3,200. You either take a center back. Or you're taking a a midfield punt, and you're like, I'll I'll take Charlie Adam. Mm-hmm. Who knows if he doesn't have set pieces, he'll, he'll get get three and a half points, but for thirty whatever hundred, not a big deal. Right. Uh, but if he has set pieces, 
Like it's possible he puts up a 21 point game. So, but those are the types of situations where in, uh, for teams that have too many of those types of players where you get in a situation where like, it's hard. You're, you're making a GPP play, even trying to pick who you think is going to take set pieces. (laughs) Right. Yeah. I mean, we, I think, well, we've definitely said this on a previous podcast, but like your cash considerations, you're looking at each player and thinking how many points is he going to score without a goal? And for GPP, you're thinking, who are the guys who are going to score goals? And that's your that's your biggest difference in building those lineups, right? From a from a one to one, and also right, right. also uh, getting back to stacking or whatever. Uh, there's not enough scoring, goal scoring in soccer generally, where uh, when you stack for GPP, like if you're going to take four guys, you want four goals, right? But you need four goals from each one of those. Like the guy that the, if you get a goal out of each of those guys, and you get twelve, 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 like you can find another player in another game to get twelve points. Right. Peripherals. Like that's not that's not a that's not that big of a deal. That's your best case scenario if you get goal goal. A lot of times it's one guy that gets two goals, another guy that gets an assist, and the other guy gets three points. And it's like for the price of that fourth guy. Like you could have gotten a set piece taker from a favorite team mm-hmm. that's got four, 15 points in peripherals that it wasn't worth it to take the fourth guy. If anything, the GPP strategy for soccer is to fade the favored goal scorer for the, right. uh, for the next guy. Mm-hmm. So, it's, so on uh, yeah, on a team like, uh, like man City's a perfect example. They have everyone like yeah, their whole team is a GPP team practically uh, where like everyone's going to take, Aguero, so I'm going to take Gabriel Jesus. Mm-hmm. You know, the lower, they could be slightly lower owned. Or I'm going to fade both of them, and I'm going to take David Silver and Leroy Sané, or Sterling, or something like that. Like, you wouldn't take five of them. Like, they're not going to score that many goals that all of them are going to make value, because they're all going to be expensive. So you're going to pay them, you're going to pay, each one of them, is, you're going to have to pay for one goal. And it's not like baseball, where if one guy goes off, the stack is worth it. Right. Type of thing. So that's why, like, obviously, when you get down to short slates where it's like two game slates, then obviously that's in play. There's only so many people you could choose from. But in five game slates, eight game slates, like a lot of times the highest favored one, whatever team you take one guy, maybe to a step to me, a snack is a midfielder and a forward a yeah. def- or defender a three man a a defender midfielder right or something a defender or a midfield a defender and a goalkeeper mm-hmm. that's a stack a type of thing but it's very rare that you take the goalkeeper the defender a mid two midfielders and a and a forward like you just you're not going to get enough points in an eight game slate where there aren't better values because they're all going to be if they're that favored they're going to be all be priced up and they're not going to all make value there's going right. to be one guy that makes value a guy that goes half value or whatever uh some t- in the rare case in a 38 week premier league season, you may find one case of that happening. Maybe, you know, but most likely it's most likely it's you tilting for not taking the opposite forward or something like that, where, you know, that that's why Tot like you take a look, take a look at Tottenham. Most of the time, the cash play is Christian Erickson, mm-hmm. the guy that takes all the set pieces pretty much. Uh, the GPP play or the high end, if, 
There's no other forward worth a crap. Harry Kane. Highest, he's going to be the most expensive guy, but he's going to be the most likely to score. The GPP play is Deli Ali. Yeah, I was just, yep. <laughs> the box-to-box midfielder who's priced up, doesn't have any set-piece responsibility, is not the top goal scorer, but can show up with two goals. Yep. But he could also show up with three points. Like, it's one of the one of the two, and he's going to be the lower own because everyone's either going to have Erickson or Kane or both. Like, you're going to see people with Erickson and Kane. And that's the time where, but that's not, a GPP play wouldn't be to, like, I'm going to take Eric Dyer. <laughs> right. Eric, yeah, you take if you want to take Eric Dyer as a defender and then put him alongside an Erickson or something, I could see that being, you know, whatever. But I mean, you could, t- I mean, even Musa Dembele, at least he's somewhat attacking, whatever. But it's much to me, it's much better to to say I'm going to take that guy and fade the, all the other guys. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It'd be like Tottenham's going to win one nothing and it's going to be on a Dembele goal. So all the guys that took Kane are all going to be done. They're gonna be. They, he's gonna have four points. Erickson, under he does get all the. He, he does get enough peripherals, but only scores nine points in peripherals, which doesn't lead up to his 10k salary. Right. And you got the one thirty uh, forty two hundred Musa Dembele goal, and there you go at 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 three percent owned. Like that would be the play, but I don't think the play would be to take Dembele, Erickson, and Kane. Like that to me, that doesn't yeah, make that any doesn't sense. Make sense. Right, for a GPP. Either take the chalk or fade the chalk. One of the two. But it's a stacking mentality. Or I could see taking the defender. Taking a cent, like set piece play, a, a set piece taker and a center back. That's mm-hmm. a GPP play. Especially in the bigger field. Like I wouldn't do that on, on, uh, on small interleague slates. When the contest sizes are like 300 people. Right. Uh, but for a Champions League or whatever... Like Sergio Ramos in the Champions League, mm-hmm. that, that that's a GPP play, a center back that could score, those type of players. But you also take the because most likely they're scoring, uh, you know Gary Cahill. You take Gary Cahill alongside whoever's taking set pieces for Chelsea, right? Like that because how else is he gonna most likely gonna score? It's gonna be on a set play because he'd never be that far up, unless it was on a set play. So I could see that being a GPP play, especially when they're cheap and you need a punt. You're like, do I take this $3,400 fullback who will have a decent floor because they're going to be, you know, crossing the ball a, a little at least, uh, or you take the $3,300 center back on the favor? You know, you take a, a an Oda Mendy type of guy, heavily favored Man City side, and who knows? KDB gets it on the the top of his head, and he scores that, but no one else is going to have him. He's going to be two percent owned. Because anyone that's taking Man City players is taking all the attacking guys. Yeah, and what the other point we want to make is that you don't have to go so off the radar for every spot. Like when you see NFL Millie makers and guys are so low owned because they look like total flyers, and it just happens to work out. Like we're not competing against that many people that you have to go that off the rails with your lineup in terms of ownership percentages. Right. I mean that even for the the opening. Uh... EPL eleven thousand entries. Right. I mean, and the, to, to soccer that is big. That's big, yeah. Right. A lot of times, like on Sundays or even the north, like last year, I mean, the three dollar whatever would be like five thousand entries, mm-hmm. whatever. And to us, that's big because we play an MLS ones where it's one hundred forty eight entries. Right. 
So it's like, you know, 148 entries. I mean, I'm looking through. It's like goal, three goals get scored and no one moves because no one has the three guys. <laughs> literally. Like, you know, right. Literally. No one has what, any any of the guys. Uh, in a 5,000 person contest, most likely someone like the, so the backup center back. I've seen people have, you know, some right. weird rando person has them. But a lot of times those weird goals, the defensive midfielder goal, like is owned by like 0.8%. And the, typically the, no offense, uh, maybe maybe people are listening, that, that roster the 0.8% uh, defensive midfielder uh, typically have really weird other players that don't score any points anyway. Right, that's true. Right, is it, And occasionally you do see that happen. You see like, is this guy a bot? <laughs> like you see, you see the guy that wins the like the main three dollar GPP is a guy that had uh, a guy a non starter that was injured in a defender position and a backup forward, but the backup forward came on to the 60th minute and got a hat trick. Right. <laughs> right, right, and then you see all the other players and they scored enough just enough points around where they have a 168 and win. Right, you're just like and everyone else behind him has sense somewhat sensible lineups. And you're like, okay, I guess. Uh, bot guy one or whatever. <laughs> like, like, how does anyone put together a lineup like that? But whatever that, that could happen in soccer. Uh, in, in any other, when, when you have 150,000 entries, like a zero is you're done. Like yeah, there's no way in soccer, you could win a GPP with a zero. Yep. I mean, it's, it's much, it, even in 5,000 entries, most likely not going to happen, but, but you can. And it's not the type of thing you need a 60 point player with 1% owned. Like, Anyone that could score 60 points is never going to be 1% owned. Right. Soccer is, a l- is much more predictive than, uh, than than a lot of other sports, like uh, it's, except for MLS, because MLS just – I don't even – Andrew, you have to tell them to stop playing. MLS is just <laughs> – <laughs> I do well in MLS, but it's just – it's it's a, such a roller coaster ride yep. of, 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 okay, it's going to be Dallas at Philadelphia – Okay, this game is going to be like nothing, nothing, mm. uh, because Dallas is so much better team and Philadelphia is so horrible. And then it's like like Sapong gets hat trick. Yep. Right? I mean, like, how does it happen? Like, I know if Philadelphia is going to score, it's going to be Sapong. Like, I you know he's the forward, obviously, but yeah. in this game, but they're playing against Barcelona, and then <laughs> but it's MLS Barcelona, so that means that like you would think that Messi scores eighteen goals, mm-hmm. but it turns. And obviously, if Barcelona do score, it will be through it Messi. Be. Yep. Right. And if and if the Union score, it will be through Sapong. But you're like, there's no way that no the, way they the Bar- There's no way they score. And and Barcelona obviously. So I'm gonna take two of their players, mm-hmm. and then the Union win five nothing. Mm-hmm. Like that's that, that is MLS in a nutshell. Yeah. Of exactly. You know exactly who's gonna score. I know it's gonna be Bradley Wright Phillips. I know. I know. I know it's gonna be. Uh, it's going to be Fernando Adi. I know. I know who's going to score in all these games. The problem is, is that no matter how favored they are, they lose four nothing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're at home, right? It's the impact Montreal playing against the kids team, right? <laughs> They're playing against six year olds, and you're like, okay, it's it's going to be Jamali. It's going to be Piatti because as a GPP play, it's going to be a and then the third the, the, the six year olds win. Yep. Convincing. And you know, and, and the six year old, you know, who's going to score for them. Like right, but you would never take them right, in that game. Never, right, in that specific game. That's yeah. MLS. EPL, it's the opposite. Right. EPL, it's like uh, Man City will definitely beat Brighton. Uh, just a matter of what one of the five guys score. Right. You don't know. I don't know. I don't know. In Arsenal, it could be four guys that score. But you know right. they're going to score three. You don't know where the hell they're going to come from. 
but it's very rare that Arsenal got, well, maybe not Arsenal, but uh, Man City. <laughs> Arsenal could uh, has a track record of, of you know, going to Bournemouth and losing, whatever, 3 nothing. Uh, but most likely in EPL, the favorite teams will win. Yes. Uh, just a matter of like, oh, they won for nothing, and I have no, I have a piece of none of the goals. Yeah. I picked two guys on Man City, and I have a piece of none of them. None of the goals. It's it's Zabaleta to to Otamendi. Yeah. To, it's the Yaya Torre brace. That's what gets five, everybody eight, right. Where you have to pick the forty two hundred Yaya Torre who will do absolutely nothing mm-hmm. all game. Mm-hmm. And then in the 78th minute score, and then in the 84th minute, it, the free kick that, that that De Bruyne lets him take. Right. And goes, okay, I, normally I would take these, but you could take him, and then he scores. And then it's like the guy, you're playing the $4,200 guy with 24 points. 20, literally 24 points, because that was literally the only Right, points. the only two things he did. Because he does <laughs> not play defense, he's just there. More of a jogger than anything else. Right. <laughs> he's just there to just... You, you, people have the opposite side is just like tricked into thinking he's marking anyone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, well, there's a guy there. I can't obviously occupy that space. Right. It's like, no, you can't. It's Yaya no, Dora. Yeah, right. right. <laughs> there's plenty of space to be had. Right. You just have to move a couple of inches. He will not be able to catch up to you. <laughs> uh, all right. Um, I think we hit everything. Looks I like think, we I don't know. Yeah, I think we did. This went. A little long, so maybe we'll split this into two. Well, that what's the second like part? We covered everything. Yeah. We did. We covered everything. No, I just mean, I don't know if anyone wants to listen for an hour and 50 It's a minutes. podcast. It's a podcast. They could pause it. Yeah. It's on demand. They Good could point. do whatever they want. Plenty of people do uh, one and a half times speed anyway, too, so. But I mean, this is the prime. This, to me, this is the primer for people that may play Daily Fantasy. Mm-hmm. Don't necessarily know a lot about soccer. Yeah. And coming in, you go, okay, who's going to score the goal and stack in the offensive? Like, I know they're going to come in and then we want them to stick around mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. not just get blown away the first week by mm-hmm. a lot of things that, that everyone that listens to this, except for Mike Gottlieb knows. <laughs> <laughs> He's great at Tonga and FPL, but. Uh, laying it down. On. All right. All right. Hey, I'll play head to head. Mike, take my head to head. <laughs> I'm going to say that. You know, I'm going to, uh, he's going to beat me 20. He's going to be the one with yeah. the back forward. And That's the right. Back That's that right. He's going to be the one with the back. He'll have the Yaya brace and oh. <laughs> something else. All right. Um, if anybody listening has any questions on what we covered on this podcast or anything else having to do with DFS soccer, you can find Jordan on Twitter at BlenderHD. You can find me at Rotowire Andrew. You can also email Jordan for his Ask the Shark column, which is a piece we have. Uh, is it that, coming back? I don't even know if it's coming. This back. should be coming back. Yeah, one, now that should uh, be. <laughs> I hope it is. You're writing it. I'm putting it up. I as hate soon as it writing. Comes. Yeah, but I hate writing. Yeah. But if you have any questions, send those in. Get Jordan to write a little bit, and um, we will be back next, or later this week or what are, we're doing this. Uh, so in a few days to talk about game week one. But uh, hopefully this primer uh, helps you out to come in and play some DFS soccer. Jordan, thanks so much for. Uh, helping us through that. No problem. I'll be here all season. Thank you for listening to the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. For more great content, visit rotowire.com slash soccer.
Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.